We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have week one of training camp. We're going to break down some guys who have a great camp and some guys who have also been struggling during camp. Do we still think Jeff Okuda is going to be a day one starter? Find out on episode 119 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by NFL Sunday Ticket on DirecTV. I am your host, Tyler, and I am back. Uh, Pierre, first of all, I want to say you did a hell of a job last episode as the host of the podcast for my missing. Uh, I thought I lost my job, honestly. He gave me... You know, he gave me my job back. He, you know, we started the episode. He goes, Tyler, you can do the intro. I'm like, ah, oh, I thought I lost my job, honestly. So pure, <laughs> phenomenal job, for real. Um, but for today's episode, you guys already did the first day of the breakdown of NFL training camp for the Lions on Monday. So this this episode is going to be a whole week breakdown. So the Lions had, I believe, four practice since um, since you guys recorded that one episode. Yes. So. Uh, we have, you know, more observations to talk about. You know, we don't actually have, you know, the luxury to actually see these guys live this year due to COVID-19. Like years previous where me and Pierre were actually had the opportunity to head out to Allen Park and uh, basically see every training camp. But we didn't have that luxury this year because of COVID-19 and there being no fans allowed there. So we are going from what we've heard from, you know, our beat guys, the Lions beat guys. And, you know, they always do a phenomenal job like every year. You know, even if I've been to the camp and like I've seen it with my own eyes and even when I read it after it's you know it usually matches pretty similar to what I had or you know what I was looking for like they they're so good at it you know they break down basically everything so um, before we get into the observations and what actually happened in camp and who stood out and who's been having a rough camp and whatever let's talk about some transactions the Lions have had first of all some injuries defensive lineman Jason Cornell he was their seventh round draft pick from Ohio State has been placed with on IR with an Achilles injury and it looks like it could be a season ending injury um when they interviewed Matt Patricia after uh, he said it is a very serious injury so uh not very hopeful for Jason Cornell's return and the Lions have 
already started working out a couple offense or defensive linemen to uh, maybe potentially replace him, but they haven't signed anyone yet. Uh, Lions have released undrafted free agent fullback Luke Sellers, and then the Lions brought back wide receiver Chris Lacey, running back Wes Hills, and a couple running backs got a little banged up at training camp for the Lions. DeAndre Swift, with a little minor injury, it seems like, uh, missed Friday's practice, and then Bo Scarborough got hurt and hasn't participated the last couple of days, I believe. And then uh, wide receiver Victor Bolden, who was with the practice squad for most of last year, did not practice. And then uh, Marvin Hall, kind of standout wide receiver for the Lions last year before his injury, left today's practice with a trainer. So few injuries to report on. I mean, what's your guys' thoughts on this? You know, any big blows to it? I mean, obviously DeAndre Swift, you don't want to see him on that list. But I'll start off with Pierre. You know, any big blows on this list? Obviously, Cornell, like, for your reserve role. But other than that, the team's pretty healthy. You know, no starters are really hurt. Um, they look fine, to be honest. Like, these seem like they're minor injuries. You know, Swift is minor. Bo, we don't know much about. But, like, nothing, like, damaging yet, which is good. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, something that you kind of notice, you know, the start of this camp rather than last year was, you know, we were waiting for guys to come back from injury if it happened from the year previous or, you know, they just got in the off season. Like, I remember last year, Trey Flowers didn't participate, like, the whole first week. You know, he was banged up with a, right. a, with a shoulder and ankle. I don't remember what it was exactly. I believe it was a shoulder. And then uh, Snacks was, shoulder. Yeah, shoulder. Shoulder. For shoulder. Sure. And then uh, Snacks was, you know, sitting out to get a new contract. So, you know, we just never had that, you know, that chemistry where they could, you know, just mesh together because they missed so much time in camp. But uh, so far, at least right now, you know, we haven't had that big blow yet, like Pierre mentioned. So that is obviously a good sign. Jason Cornell kind of sucks that he went out. I think he was a guy I expected to make the team. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Injuries suck. But um, what about you, Malcolm? Any big blows to this list? Any surprising, you know, uh, bringbacks like Chris Lacey or Wes Hills? I saw you were... Uh, Kind of clowning on Wes Hills a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't clowning on him. Um, I just didn't think. Just a little sh- bit. Just, I mean, all right. Uh, all right. So the running back room is deep. You were picking on think, him. All right. So I didn't think he had a chance to make the roster. But they brought him back. So, it, it, you know, they, they they look at him highly. You know, they look highly of him. So who knows? He might be a practice squad guy. Of, I don't know. I mean, I just, I, I still don't see him making the 53. I don't see him making the starting no, roster. I don't, no. I, don't see him, I don't see him doing that, but maybe they see him as a future as like in the practice squad. I don't, I don't know. That was surprising. I guess that was probably be the most surprising transaction yeah. is bringing back Wes Hillis. Well, when I was you like, look at it, though, um, uh, Bo's hurt, you know, and then Swift got hurt. So actually, it's kind of smart, I guess. You know what? In that standpoint, I, I, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I mean, he knows the system. I mean, it's training camp. You have a bunch of guys, so he's been in the team for you know a year now, basically. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't really shock me at all. Chris Lacey, the same thing. You know, he's been with the team for the last three years. What is this? His third camp with the Lions, I believe. Guy, yeah, he was. Bro. Yeah, he was here in eighteen, and he was here last year, and then you can't get year. rid of him. Yeah, I know. Like I, I thought he was for sure gone, but <laughs> now no, he's they, he's back. He's they back. can't get rid of him. I'm telling you, he's one of those guys. No matter how hard you try to get rid of him, he comes back. He made the initial 53 last year, too. Oh, okay. one thing, Tyler. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, yeah. Austin Bryant is still on pop. Yeah, I, I thought I forgot I had to mention that. <laughs> From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging, and simply just making it through each and every busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne's CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Worsland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for target relief, and sleep tensor to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now, through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. All you have to do is go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of your purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. 
buy one get one free at theragun.com slash blue wire but only until labor day go right now go to theragun.com slash blue wire Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFLSunnyTicket.tv. You can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels so you never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSunnyTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever just use promo code blue wire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription visit nflsunnyticket.tv and use promo code blue wire and from personal experience you know me living in south florida the only way i can catch my lions games is with the nfl sunday ticket so definitely make sure you head over to nflsunnyticket.tv and use promo code blue wire to save 15% off your subscription Now let me get into the initial topic I want to get into, and that is something you guys talked about last episode, and I just wanted to chime in a little bit about it, and maybe you guys have a change of thought. Jeff Okuda, we saw on Friday he had a very, you know, good day, you know, better than his day one and day two. Malcolm, you said it would not shock you at all if Amani or Warrior is starting, and I think that's actually what you expect right now, so... I'm interested and curious, has your thoughts on that changed at all? You know, what are your thoughts on Jeff Okuda? I guess he picked off Matthew Stafford, so there's that. And he was working with the ones because the Desmond Trufant wasn't working in team drills. So has your opinion changed on Hefe? Is Hefe going to be starting alongside Desmond Trufant week one versus Chicago Bears? Or where's your mind at right now? My mind with Jeff Okuda is the same spot it was the moment we drafted him. Same, nothing changed. I mean, when I'm looking at Jeff Okuda, he had, a, he had a pretty good day today. And, I mean, I think we're looking at his interception, and I'm not going to take nothing away from the kid. You know, he, he got an interception, but it was a free play. <laughs> Zafford um, even admitted that was a free play. He just threw it up. It wasn't, it wasn't nothing major, you know. But the good thing about Jeff Okuda is that he is showing improvement. As far as do I see him starting, I said this before. Like, I looked at Amari Warrior last year. And looking at Mario Warrior's production from last year, as a rookie corner, it's probably one of the best rookie corner performances we've seen in Detroit. And it's funny because I actually had a poll on my Twitter, and I was just, just for the hell of it, I didn't even know the answer to it, <laughs> to that question. I was just asking, who was the last rookie corner in Detroit to get multiple interceptions in the, in the rookie season? And who is it? It? it shocked me how far back I had to go just to get that information. It was 1997. Bryant Westbrook. Oh, nice. Tyler, were you even born? <laughs> no. That was the last <laughs> yeah, corner. Yeah, I was like one or two. He was so. the last corner in Detroit to get multiple interceptions his rookie year. So that that shows that, okay, Amari Warrior had the best cornerback rookie performances we've seen since 1997. Damn. You know, that, as, that's as far as interceptions. As far as interceptions. And, and the thing is, the, the most impressive part about Amari Warrior is that he was so limited. Like, how many starts he had? Two? One start, two start, and how many times he's probably seen him on the field? He starts like to start he, a little bit more towards the end of the year. I think it was he, like three or four. He sure. was limited. Like, if imagine like how many would he have if he'd have played ten games last year? I can't say that because he was pretty rough in camp too. He he was rough. I mean, I look at a Mario Warrior and I see him very similar to a Jeff Okuda performing in camp right now. Mm. It's very similar. Like he'll have a really down day and then come back get a pick and have a good day. Have a down day, come back and have a have a good day. I see Jeff Okuda as still in that learning phase. I don't, I still don't see him as a media starter. I said it before. I look at a Mario Warrior, a year two of Mario Warrior, NFL more NFL ready than a rookie Jeff Okuda right now. And and that just that's the way I saw it when we drafted him, and that's the way I see him right now. And I still see a Mario Warrior starting with Marcus Trufant. Desmond. Desmond, Desmond, Marcus is his brother. My bad. Desmond Trufant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Desmond Trufant. I mean, that's just the way I see it right now. And I think that's the way it's going to be unless something major happens. Okay. Like an injury. I mean, I, I'm still in the bow, I think, when they drafted him. I, I think they expected him to be a starter. 
I think that's what I expected him to be a starter. And you know the rough days were going to happen in training camp, especially early on, you know, adjusting into the NFL level because corner is one of the hardest positions to adjust to from, you know, college, the collegiate level going to the pro level, obviously. I, I'll probably say the hardest, but you could go ahead with yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, think, it's either that it or quarterback. Hardest. I mean, tight end's pretty hard, too. Those three positions are probably the hardest. Yeah, so... But, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I look at Jeff Okuda just differently. You know, I haven't had the opportunity to see him live in a Detroit, you know, Lions uniform yet. I actually, I've obviously only seen him at the collegiate level when he played at Ohio State. And, you know, obviously outstanding. But, you know, how much could you take away from that? But, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, in, you know, as the weeks go on, you know, as Jeff Okuda gets more reps in practice, I still think he's the guy alongside Desmond Trufant right now. I know Amani Wari was impressive last year. And, you know, maybe he deserves it. But, I mean, I think they drafted this guy to play him right away. And if he's not the clear-cut better player, then, no, I'm not saying force, you know, Jeff Okuda into the spot if he's not ready or Amani Awari is just so much better than him. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if Jeff Okuda improves and he looks like he could be the starter, which I think he is. I think he is going to be the clear-cut winner by the end of this, honestly. I, I really do. In two weeks? Two, three weeks? Yeah, I do. I think he's going to I'll say this with Okuda, though, right? Uh, we had, like, reports the first two days he was slipping in camp. And then yesterday we had a report he was up and down. And then today, like, he had his best day. So every day he's, like, improving slowly, which is really good to see out of a rookie corner. Yeah. I, 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 I hear you. I'm not taking away nothing from that. But the thing is, is he going to be better than Omari o- o- Warrior? Is it- I think he could. I think he could in two or three weeks. I think he could develop to be, you know, the starting corner that they expected him to be. I've heard nothing but positive, and I, everything everything about Amari Warriors in camp has been nothing but positive. I haven't heard nothing about anybody catching balls over him. I've heard anything about, I haven't heard anything negative. Everything's been positive about Amari Warrior. I, I, just don't, I just don't see it. If he's playing well, if he's playing at a, at a, at a starting level, and Desmond Trufant, he's not going nowhere. He's going to start regardless. Whoever, whatever happens, Desmond, Desmond Trufant is starting. Yep. So if you have Amari Warrior playing at a starting level, you have Desmond Trufant playing at a starting level, and Justin Coleman's not going nowhere. Why would you rush? Mar- Why would you rush Jeff Okuda out there? See, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm hearing you out. Jeff Okuda, I think, will be better than Amani Warrior. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying force him into the situation if it's not needed. If Amani Warrior is the clear-cut better player, don't do it. But what I'm telling you is, I think Jeff Okuda is going to be the best, the better player in two, three weeks. I think I think Jeff Okuda will be the better player next year. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, 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 I would hope so. I don't know. I mean. Amari Warrior has one thing over him, and that's experience. Yeah. The thing is, if these guys were both drafted last year, I would I'll completely agree with you yeah. that Jeff Okuda is a better prospect, he's more talented. But the thing is, Amari Warrior seen it. He's seen these guys. He's seen Aaron Rodgers' passes. He he picked off Aaron Rodgers. He did. He's seen these guys. I just don't. I don't know if Jeff Okuda is just ready right now with the no pro, no, no preseasons. No TAs. I think that just makes it worse for him. But I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. Yeah, no. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, it has to be. He has the. He has to be the clear cut winner. I'm not saying he. I think he will be though. That, that's just my expectation. What I, my belief. But Amani Ori could, you know, definitely be the better player at the end of this. And then, you know, it's not really a debate at that point. Then you could ease Jeff Okuda in. But I look at it as a win win situation. If Jeff Okuda is better than Amani Ori, you know, come week one. Then you got a high-end backup. If Amani Ori is better than Jeff Okuda come week one, you got a high-end backup. It's a win-win situation regardless. It's, you know, um, like you're not getting a bad guy out of it. You know, you're not getting a fight for the cornerback too like we've had for, you know, a while where it'd be like, oh, is this guy good enough to be alongside Darius Slay? Like that was always the issue. I think we're getting a solid enough corner too regardless. All right, let's get into the next topic, and that is the wide receiver group. And uh, this has been a group that, you know, that we know their top three guys already. Eric Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola. And then they obviously drafted Quintus Sipa, so he, we knew he's making the team. But after that, it's a dog race. You know, who's going to make the team after that? Is it a guy like Marvin Hall? Is it a guy like Jamal Agnew? Is it a guy like Chris Lacey or, you know, whoever? And uh, Jamal Agnew, I guess he's been impressive during training camps and, He's had Chris route running, I, I believe I've heard of the words. So um, what's your guys' opinion in the wide receiver room right now? Do you guys think 
a guy like Jamal Agnew offers more than the guys he's competing with right now? Or, you know, do you make room for Jamal Agnew and then hold on to another one of these guys after the big four that, you know, are guaranteed to make the team? What do you guys think about this? Let's start off with Pierre. Tyler, I'm going to say, I'm going to give like a sneak peek of my 53 prediction. Okay. I think six wide receivers will make it. And the six will be obviously the top three. Yeah. Big and then four. you got Hall, Cephas, and Agnew. I think all those guys will make it. Just because like they all offer something different, right? Mm-hmm. Agnew is uh, vers- versatile. He can play special teams. And even on defense, like in an emergency situation, he could go in and play cornerback. Like he knows the system. Please, it's not ideal. It's not Please, ideal. Man. But he could play three different positions on your team, which is huge. He's versatile. Then you got a guy like Hall. He'll take the top off a of defense, right? And then you got Cephas. He's a bigger dude. A uh, good route runner. And then you got a guy like Dola, smaller guy, but also a good route runner. And then you got Marvin and Kenny, bigger guys, more like deep threats. So they all offer something different. That, that's why I believe that. And then also, we've always talked about Bev. He's always kind of like looked for his... Uh, Percy Harvin. Like Percy Harvin, right? Mm-hmm. That could be your Agnew, right? That could be your Agnew this year, maybe even your Huntley. But that's your Agnew, and then just let Marvin Hall go deep. And, yeah, and like your room is pretty much set. I wish I could see this live right now. I, I just want to see Jamal Agnew as a wide receiver and see how this is working. Like, you hear positive stuff coming out, but I would love to see this. I don't know. I, I, like, I didn't really have much faith in him a couple months ago or a month ago to beat some of these guys out, but... You know, the words you're hearing, and like you kind of mentioned, he's versatile as hell, and they can play almost every everywhere. Right. I mean, not ideal, but, you know, he can do it. I don't know, man. Uh, I think it's interesting. You know, I think if he's a good enough wide receiver and worth the activation on game days, then you can keep him in a special teams role that you've always had him in, and then, you know, maybe use some packages him, as him as a wide receiver. But then it gets tricky, you know, like on, you know, game days, you usually only want like four to five wide receivers. And who's your inactive guy at that point? I mean, I don't know. Like, is Marvin Hall and um, Jamal Agnew too similar? Or, I mean, I don't know. Well, I believe this year, uh, I think they're going up from, like, 46 to 48. So, like, you could have 48 guys active this year instead of 46. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be, like, an extra spot depending on injuries. I mean, it's always good to have depth, right? If a guy gets injured, like, you could be like, all right, we'll, we'll like, make you active, make you inactive. So... It's good to have depth, and I think the Lions have like really good depth at wide receiver right now. Okay, um, yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's definitely interesting right now. I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued right now, honestly, to see this. So, <laughs> I wish there was a preseason game so I mean, we could actually see this live. But it's interesting the words you hear out of these guys. You know, the beat writers what they're saying about him. So, it's cool though. You know, if he makes the team, you know, kudos to him. You know, making a whole position switch. You know, and still being able to do the role that he's been in. So. You know, I cheer for him. You know, prove me wrong. I didn't think this was going to happen, honestly. So kudos to him if he makes a team out of camp. Yeah, I'm just like you. I didn't think, like when Pierre told me that last week, that Agdu had a good camp. I mean, if he is balling like the way they say he is, I see like how Pierre has it. I mean, the only difference, I just, I just really hope that they don't put him on defense. I think there's tons of other options out there if something happens. Like, it has to be like worst case scenario if if Agnew's out there. It like, is worst case hope. scenario. If you <laughs> yeah, it's about, not me by emergency. I'm like, talking about case. I'm talking about like four injuries all happen in one game. <laughs> and you're like, oh shit. You know, you that look at Agnew suck. like you're like Agnew going there, you know, because I just think uh, coverage wise, I think there's still like Daryl Roberts is better. Mike Ford is but not better. But now these guys are make the team. You got to remember that. Yeah, but I mean, how many corners? Are we carrying? And not all of them are activated on game day either. Yeah, no. But yeah, man, it has to be a really bad situation. Yeah. I mean, I think they go other ways. You know, I think they'd even give it a deep version before him, honestly. The corner rule. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be the worst, worst case scenario in the game. So, But it's interesting. So, kudos to Jamal Agnew, man. Uh, good luck to him. The rest yeah. of the camp. And, you know, we'll see what he can do and if he can beat be out some of these guys. I mean, right now I'm liking the chances, honestly. All right, um, I want to get into this defensive line now slash offensive line. You know, they both have had up and down days. You know, some days you see the O-line having a really good day. Some days you see the defensive line having a good day. What do you guys think this really means, or does it not really mean anything? Is this defensive line good, or is this offensive line ass, or is this offensive line good and this defensive line's ass? Like, what do you guys take away from it, or are they just both solid? I think the offensive line is good. Like, you look at Taylor Decker. Like, I haven't seen one bad thing about Taylor Decker. Everyone's saying Decker's having, like, the best day. And then you look at Dahl. Dahl's been kind of up and down, which, like, he was during the season. But he's still, like, a good guard. He's a starting material, 
right? And then you, you look at Ragnow. Ragnow only, I believe, had a bad day on Friday versus Shelton, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Other than that, he's been, like, really good. Jonah Jackson is actually surprised. Uh, he's he's gotten in there. He, Patricia said he hasn't earned it, but I, but like I think he, he got the job. Patricia said he hasn't gotten it yet. He's basically been in there playing well for a rookie, and then uh, Big V, Big V kind of been up and down too. That's expected with his uh, pass protection. He's not the best at pass, bro. Julian Aquara, Romeo Aquara have given him some uh, issues with that. Definitely. I don't know. I, I always just put a caution when I see stuff like this, especially in training camp. You're versing your own guys. I mean. It is what it is. You can't really take much away from it, honestly. Right. It, both ways, in my opinion. I think it is what it is. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you, Tyler, because I'm looking at this and I'm saying, yeah, you know, Ragnar is beating this guy and this guy. <laughs> I I want to I want to see him go against other people. Week because, one. Yeah, I want to see week Big one. Test. And, and the re- the reason why is because I don't have much faith in that front four. I mean, to me, that's the biggest question mark coming in. Is the front four, and if they're if they're getting you know manhandled you know majority of the time. I mean, I know they had a good week, uh, a good day in practice. It was Friday they had a good day in practice, but before today it was just like all I was hearing about the offensive line, you know, putting work on them. So I just I just I just got to see it. That, and that's the sucky thing about you know now we're waiting till week one, the biggest stage, just to see if this is gonna work out. We don't have a preseason this year, like yeah, we don't. It's hard to process that, like. You know, usually when you come to week one, you know all these guys. You know what to expect. Not totally what to expect, but you know what to expect, basically. You know, because you've seen preseason, you've seen training camp, whatever. It's more like you know what to expect. But, like, I don't know anymore, man. Like, we're just going from what we're hearing. So, it's kind of like minor league baseball. Like, it's just what you hear, basically. Because, you know, not many people watch minor league baseball. It's just like what you're hearing right now. So, it's definitely going to be interesting, man. I'm... I'm intrigued, slash scared, slash nervous, slash excited, slash <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, like, like, bro, week one they got Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, and I, Robert Quinn, right? The, the guy they signed. Yeah. Bears. Yeah. The, the week one they have their hands full, so we'll see how the online does week one. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be interesting though. I think both ways are gonna be interesting. I think the O line is pretty good. I think it's solid. I don't think it's the best unit. I don't think it's the worst unit. I think it's just like right average, like 15, 16 in the NFL. And then defensive line, I mean, talent-wise, I think this is one of the worst defensive lines in all of football right now. I, I mean, Peter might shoot me right now for saying that, but I think this talent-wise, you look at the names on this defensive line, I mean, I don't think it's very good. I think you look at other teams, I think we are one of the worst defensive lines. So it's got it's kind of be one of those situations where they just got to prove it because right now they don't have the names or the talent from years previous to say they are one of the top-tier defensive lines. The Patriot way, though, right, Tyler? I mean, you look at last year, uh, the Patriots have. Yeah. Yeah, the Patriot way. <laughs> oh, for real. Wait, Tyler, for the guys, real. That, the guys that had last year is who we have right now. Who? No, he's talking Dude, about Danny Tra- Shelton, right there. Danny Shelton. Uh, they're Danny Shelton. <laughs> they had um, Adam Butler, Jamie Collins. Right. J- Jamie Collins. Carl Van Noy. They, Lawrence Guy. Yeah, I mean, they didn't really have, like, a stud defensive lineman either. They had, like, solid guys. Yeah. And they got they got pressure. They got pressure. So that is what they're trying to do in Detroit, right? They're trying to like build it like how the Patriots built their team. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I I don't really take much from what I see from training camp, honestly. Like I don't get too excited from training camp because if someone does well, that means someone did bad on our team. So <laughs> it, like I mean this is how you get to view it. Like if let's say Kenny Gowdy makes a phenomenal catch, that probably means Jeff Akuda effed up or <laughs> or Desmond Trufon effed up. So like I don't really take too much excitement from training camp like others. Like when someone says they had a great day, I'm like, cool. I mean you did it versus your own teammate. Like, I don't know. That's just me personally. I wish you had this mindset last year because you hyped me the hell up from TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I know. TJ, I mean, TJ Hawkinson <laughs> was exciting last year, dude. He's, and, and speaking of TJ, he's actually having a good camp they're saying this year. Yeah, yeah he is. He stole the show last year. And it looks like he's still yeah. on the show again this year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully yeah, different results. Hyped me up. Hyped me the hell up. Speaking of another guy that's stealing the show, uh, Tracy Walker, guys. He's looked great. Uh, he's like, he's locked down uh, Tracy. I'm sorry. He's locked down TJ Hawkinson. No, but yeah, Tracy Walker has uh, he he's impressed, Tyler. Do you think he'll take that like, like good player to star player level, or do you think like I he think just I think he's he a is? good captain, like on a team, like someone you want in your locker room. He's a good leader. I think, I think he's just one of those guys you want in your locker room. I don't think he's ever like a superstar player, if that if you know what I mean. Like I think he's always just one of those guys you want on your team. But like I never think he's gonna be like that 
that super superstar league where the league just takes noticing Tracy Walker oh my lord no I don't think he's ever that player I think he's just a, a good enough player that you want on your team and he's a good captain like if the Lions actually did this they don't put the C patch on the jerseys I think Tracy Walker gets the C patch <laughs> but um wow I don't know I, I like Tracy I, I think he's a really good player Someone I want on my team, definitely. And, you know, someone who wanted that locker room just to, t you know, teach the young guys. It's crazy because, you know, he was just a rookie two years ago. And I, I already look yeah. at him like as this, like, long-term vet. He just is that that type of guy. Like, kind of like De'Ron Harmon. You know, he's never been a superstar, but he's always just been a good player you want on your team. I think that's what Tracy Walker is, honestly. I'm going to wow. be honest. I think Walker's ceiling is, like, a lot higher than Harmon. I think Walker could become a star. He just needs to stay healthy and needs to build, like, on last year i mean even like look at gq he was never like a star he was just a really good player you want on your team that's how i, I think he was a star but he wasn't recognized as a star by other people i think he was a star in the I, league i think we could see the same similar stuff from tracy walker you know I, I i agree with both of you guys but the thing is with tracy walker i think he has a chance to get noticed by the media and and everybody else around the league because all he has to do is just maybe do what slay did and that's what lead the league in interceptions yeah, I think if he does that, and I think Tracy Walker is very capable of doing that. And if this Detroit starts winning, yeah, he could definitely get media notice. Yeah. And who knows what could happen from there? We'll see. I mean, I'm all in for it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's make it happen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but they start winning, and he, for example, leads the league in the interceptions out of the safety position. Make it happen. That's let's, let's, that's what guys. Speaking that's into what existence. For. Speaking into existence. Tracy Walker's gonna lead the league in interceptions as a safety. <laughs> if it happens, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what that's what people vote for. When like the people who voting for the Pro Bowl, like the fans, if they don't really know who the safeties out there, they look to see who 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 had the most interceptions. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's you're what right. they vote for. So I guarantee you, he'll he'll land a Pro Bowl spot most more than likely. Speaking into existence. I love this. I love I, this. I, I, I hope so. I mean, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just never. But yeah, there's a chance. I just never viewed him as that type of player. But shit, I'm down for it <laughs> if he is. <laughs> All right, guys. I have another question. We actually talked about this between us. So uh, his draft mate, Deshaun Hand, um, he's having a really good camp. But Tyler, we we talked. We did talk about this yesterday between us. Tyler don't say Aaron Donald. No, you, you, know, I'm not, you know I'm not one of those people. Okay. But like, do you guys think if Don, I mean, if uh, Sean if Hand. Hand could stay healthy, that he could become a star? Or do you just think he's like going to be a really good player? I'll tell you this. I, I, I love Deshaun Hand. I think he's a, a, a talented player. But I go around social media sometimes, and I, I, I hear the most obnoxious comparisons to Deshaun Hand. Like, <laughs> if you say Deshaun Hand maybe was worth a second-round pick or like a late first-round pick, I'll, I'll probably agree with you, whatever. When people start comparing Deshaun Hand as like a top five or top ten interior defensive lineman, I laugh. Or I tune out or I just exit out of the app and I consider deleting Twitter at that point or Instagram. <laughs> it's that bad, like... It, it gets obnoxious the the love he gets sometimes like i'm like he's good but chill out he's not like i hear aaron donald comparisons and i'm like calm down he's like he's had three sacks in his career and it was a rookie year i mean i, I view him as a rotational defensive lineman piece who could start eventually like i don't think he's even a guaranteed starter at this point but i don't know i think it's obnoxious sometimes i think he's a good player though but just right not, just not the type of recognition he sometimes gets around from twitter and instagram ridiculous like i just wanted to leave my account sometimes after i see all the love he gets yeah this was like a note from chris burke uh hand has been tough to block when he's been out there seems like candidate to play wider away from the ball a bit more this year so obviously they have like a bigger role for him maybe this year we'll see with that He's um, good. He's a good player. Yeah, he is good. He just needs to stay healthy. That's the thing with him. It's his health. Yeah, but when I hear superstar, I, I tune out, honestly. I don't think he's that. I just think I think it's someone like Tracy Walker again. Like someone you want in your right. locker room, someone who's good, but not a superstar. Like I don't think he's Jamal Adams or like um, Daniel Hunter. I don't think he's ever like that type of guy that it's going to be that big impact player. I think he's just someone you want on your team right. who's a good locker room guy, if that makes sense. That, that that's that's your ceiling for him. What? That's your ceiling for him. A good player in the locker room. Yeah. Wow. I mean, listen. And I, I I get both sides. That's crazy, right? I get both sides. They're looking at the situation. I think they're what they're going by is they're not going by his production that he did on the field because shit. That's like that doesn't exist. He barely did anything. He had three sacks in his career. Hell, he probably played a total of what ten games. 
his NFL career. They're not, they're not judging by that. I guess what they're doing is they're going by potential. They're going by potential. I guess they're saying that he could have the potential of being a star in the league. Or he has the potential of being a top 10 defensive tackle in the league. He has a potential. He's not the guy right now. <laughs> Let me make that clear. He's not that guy right now. Um, he hasn't done nothing. And I, I don't care what people, pro football focus, I don't care what they grade him. He's not that guy right now. And I think what they're going by is potential. His potential, like Pierre was telling me a couple days ago, he's an athletic freak. He, he's pretty, he's, he's an athletic guy. You know, he, especially in the defensive tackle position, he's really, he's an athletic guy. So he does have the potential of, of being a, a star. Right. But he's not a star right now, guys. He hasn't done nothing. He, he just needs to stay healthy. I mean, right now, his, like he needs to prove he can stay healthy more than anything else. Yeah, I know. I, I, like I said, I think he could be a first or second round pick. Like I think the fourth round pick was a steal. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I don't know. I think he just gets a lot of hype, just a little too right. obnoxious hype. But but based off potential, like he could definitely. He's good. I think he could be a seven sack guy. Like I don't think he's six or seven sack guy. And that's good. He's not great. He's good. That's good. That's really good from the interior. From a defensive bro. tackle, hell yeah, that's, that's really good. That's really good from the interior. If somebody compare. I hear Aaron Donald's comparisons. Oh, oh, let's slow down there. Okay. All right. Hey, let's go to the next topic. All right. Um. So, Malcolm, this is your favorite uh, position. Uh, Swift, apparently, like, before he got hurt, I mean, he was giving linebackers some issues. Um, Ty, Don- Ty Johnson is impressed. And your boy, Jonathan Williams, we talked about him last episode. He's also, like, they're saying he could be pushing Swift out the door. I mean, pushing Bo out the door. Don't ever, don't ever. My bad. Pushing Bo out the door. That. Don't ever say that, goddammit. Damn it, you know what I meant. <laughs> um, gosh, all right. So, uh, you guys, what are your thoughts on, on the backs? Four backs, all doing well. Even Huntley's, like, doing a little good. He's showing his speed, but he's struggling with pass pro, which is normal with him. Um, what are your thoughts on the backs? I, I love our backfield. And I, I told you about this last episode that this is probably the best backfield I've s- seen Detroit had roster-wise. Right. And... As far as Bo Scarborough, I'm a little worried about him because he he's he's hurt, and I don't want a situation that we end up losing him because he's hurt. You know, if if by chance Williams does push him out the door because of you know he's unable to play or he's hurt, you know that'll be unfortunate because I think Bo Scarborough is a really good back. So hopefully Bo Scarborough is able to come in and he's able to contribute and can play week one. But the guys, man, I just, I just don't know who they're gonna, who's gonna win, who's gonna stay on the roster. I like all of them. I even, I like Ty Johnson. I like, I like Huntley. I like all these guys. I yeah. like them a lot. So I just, I just don't know, man. I know the locks are gonna be for sure. You know, it's, it's carry on and, and Swift. They're, they're not going nowhere. But everybody else, man, that's gonna be a tough decision. I was kind of bringing that up. Like Bo Scarborough has to bring what he brought last year. Right. You remember I was telling you guys that like he has to be that same guy. Like he can't just be a one year, a one and a half year done and fluke. Like I, I thought he could bring it. So I don't know, man. I, I'm intrigued. I, I want to see a little bit more. I still think Bo is the best man for the job for that like that third down back, that third back on the roster. But you know he's obviously got to stay healthy because he got hurt last year too, and he's and that that's the problem he's had since being in the league is you know health. He can't stay healthy on the field so. Um, he he really got overused at Alabama a lot, so you know he just you know hasn't been that guy in the NFL, you know, other than that couple weeks last year where he was you know really producing. So Bo Scarborough, yeah, he needs to stay healthy, man, and just produce like what he was doing. I, I think he is the perfect role for it, but you know he's gotta he's gotta live up to what he did last year and you know do similar results or maybe even better. Yeah, him and Jonathan Williams are, are similar backs. They're both power backs. So I mean, if Bo's not out there and Jonathan is impressing the uh, the coaching staff, yeah, it might be his job to lose. Yeah, and Bo Scarborough is not like this top draft pick or like some high end free agent signing where right. they value. I mean, he was a practice squad pickup halfway through the season last year. I think people forget that. Like, I think yeah. people think he's like this automatic lock. No, he's not. You know, he he's definitely not. He's competing like most guys on this team right now. So. Yeah, I mean, it's intriguing. I mean, I don't know really much about Jonathan Williams, honestly. So, um, I didn't really get the opportunity to watch him. I heard he had, like, 200 yards in Indianapolis last year. So, there's that, yeah, I he guess. Had a few, he, had a, he had a few hundred-yard games. Oh, he's a power he's guy. A few he hundred-yard games? 
He had two of them. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. But he, but remember, he's running behind Quinton Nelson, Brady yeah, Smith, and all those football. guys. <laughs> yeah, and the, there's I forgot their center team, but, but but yeah, they're loaded. On Kelly, the but 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 what impressed me a lot of, with him is that um, when he gets to that second level, you know, he's able to break tackles, make guys miss, and he, you know, make big runs. Yeah, I mean, right. that, that's interesting. I mean, like they are basically in the same situation. I mean, like Bo Scarborough was like that guy last year for yeah, same thing. You know, uh, where was he in Dallas last year competing? So. But that's gonna be tough, man. Because again, I, I like Bo, man. Yeah. And it's gonna be tough if he has, uh, I'm gonna call it the tease Tabor effect. Yeah, I'm saying it, the tease Tabor effect. You know what that means? An injury injury. Plague. <laughs> In- injury during camp and couldn't be able to show what you could do and it ended up just getting released. I think Malcolm, I th- even if Tease was healthy, he was not gonna. There's no proof. I was gonna say, I, 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 I think in Tease's defense or in the Lions' defense, there, I think it was better that te- I think Tease probably prefer not to play. Honestly, all right. There, 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 um, there's no proof. <laughs> All right, let's get into, like, three rookies that, like, people are not talking about that much. Um, so, John Pinicini, he's been disruptive. Quintus Cephas has done well, too. He's had I got one. I got one Stafford. for you. I got, I got an underrated one. and he. Re- I got one more. Hold up. Okay. Oh, you might say it. Go ahead, say it. You're probably going to say it. Go say it. He actually wasn't a draft pick. It was Jalen Elliott. Yeah, I know. Jalen Elliott? Jalen Elliott and Hunter Bryant, yeah. So, th- those guys, yeah. Jalen Elliott, man, from what I've heard. I mean, he's he's been impressive. I mean, yeah. he's, like... He's that story, like we always have. Like it seems like. I mean, we don't get to see it, like personally, but from what we've heard, I mean, he seems like that story, like that can maybe push one of these guys out the door and you know take a job and make the fifty-three man roster. C.J. Moore probably. That's the guy he's probably he's competing with right yeah, now. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm liking the stuff I heard from Jalen Elliott, and I actually got the opportunity to watch him a little bit last year in college at Notre Dame. I was impressed with Jalen Elliott. I liked him. So I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked. That's a guy I would watch out for. I mean. You remember how we were talking about a couple episodes ago? Is one of these guys like Bobby Price or uh, Jeremiah Dinson, who's not even with the team anymore, or Jalen Elliott, could they maybe potentially push out a guy like C.J. Moore out the doors? And we said, oh, probably not. But we said the same thing last year about Chuck Washington. Could a guy like C.J. Moore push a guy like Chuck Washington out? I don't know. It wouldn't shock me at this point. I think Jalen Elliott, from what we've heard, could easily, not easily, but maybe sneak into a roster. Yeah, and with Kurt suspended like uh, the first three games, maybe like he'll he'll like he'll play a role or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So so where where does he leave Curse? You think Curse is in his job as a Jeopardy? Well, nah, he, I think Curse is like doesn't he go on some list and they could have a guy for you know? Yeah, they could have a guy off for three weeks. Yeah, he, like goes on the suspended list. Yeah, he goes on a list and they could have a roster spot for him. Yeah. Um, Something about Elliot. This was the note today. Elliot's been around the ball a decent amount of time. That that was from a uh, Chris Berg from the Athletic. He yeah. said that. Yeah, it seems like a ball hockey. He, he like gives me like Tavon Wilson vibes, or like a Jerron Curse, I guess. To you know, fill in. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't really seen him. It's it's hard to say like what kind of vibes he gives me. But know. it just seems like he's impressing for an undrafted guy. Like he's standing out, which is good. Um, the biggest surprises from camp, according to Chris Burke, have been, uh, we talked about Elliot, have been John Penasini and Frank Heron. They were both good on Friday. And then also uh, Jason Cabinda. He's playing fullback, and he's also playing on defense. So is he playing well at fullback? The From what I heard, yeah, he is playing well. And also, like, Bodden being limited, and uh, Luke Sellers being released, and Nada, um, I believe Nada's not practicing. I'm, I'm not sure with what what's the deal with Nada. But, yeah, looks like it. I, I, I thought I saw a tweet. I'm going to read it if I could find it fast enough. That's, that's a, that, that whole fullback situation just, just, is just mind-boggling to me. <laughs> I mean, hey, if Kabinda is good, right? Like, why have, like, just, like, Nick Bod in there? Why not just have Kabinda out there? He could play defense and fullback. Like, you want guys who are versatile. You don't want guys just doing one thing. I know, but I, I want a good fullback. Like, I'm on, I don't want another uh, Nick Ballore type situation. I mean, he's having a good like, so, okay. camp, they're this, saying. I, f- I found the tweet fast enough. So, someone said, was Jason Kabinda playing fullback? And Chris Burke responds, he was. He absolutely clobbered a linebacker up the middle on a third and one situation. Not sure which linebacker it was, but heard the collision from 60 yards away. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> damn. <laughs> 60 yards? God damn. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I mean, if if he's yeah, if he's a guy, man, I, I guess roll with. They it, did it with Belor a couple of years ago. So wh- where did that leave Nick Baldwin? Is, is he like out of the door? I mean, I don't know. They they brought Luke Sellers to compete with him. He wasn't really good last year, but he was coming off an injury, so he needs to prove himself this year. Yeah, I think he's on the bubble right now. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So it looks like Davis is still struggling with with uh, coverage, uh, but uh, Jamie Collins and Jalen Reeves-Maben have impressed with coverage, and that's from uh, Jeremy Reisman from Peyote. 
What are your thoughts on that, guys? Do you think they should just give up with Davis on the coverage, just use him like as a pass rush, like as a blitzer, or like against the run? Or I've been saying that for a while now. He should yeah, be blitzing. <laughs> like that's his best ability, and I don't think it's even a question. That right. That and, and QB spy. He's a good QB yeah, spy, bro. Yeah, he's pretty good at QB spy. But like when they the second they start putting him on running backs and tight ends, it's a disaster. Uh, that's a no no. Yeah. I like Jalen Reeves Maven too, man. He's always been solid, especially in coverage, but. He never gets the opportunity besides special teams. And he's always the impressive guy in camp. I always hear good stuff about him, and I see it with my own yeah. eyes. It's always he, that's, why, that's why he's still here. He always stands out to me, but once the season comes around, he never gets a single snap on defense. And it's just, like, annoying, honestly. It's just because he doesn't fit that Patricia mold. Well, Patricia did praise him the other day uh, when he talked about him, and also he is getting some looks. Like, they're saying he could have, like, a, he could have some, like, playing time this year. They say, I feel like it's like a, a repeating thing that comes yeah, every kind year. Of. It just never happens. It, it's something that yeah. always, you know, maybe Jalen Reeves maybe stands out this year. Like, I, I'm kind of giving up on it, but it's not even because of him. I just, I don't think the coaching staff has the faith in him, honestly. Right. I think he's going to go somewhere, and I think he's going to be a, not a great player. I'm not going to say he's that, but I think he's like a solid backup guy that could cover tight ends and, you know, running backs. Like, he, he is that guy, but... He just never got the opportunity here in Detroit, really, to really show it in a regular season game besides a couple of preseason games and some joint practices. He's always done a nice job. But, I mean, like, guys, like, if you don't get to go to the opportunity to see training camp, I mean, you guys really haven't seen it. Like, you guys probably don't believe us anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, just a couple other quick notes uh, real fast. Uh, Hunter Bryant, we talked about him. Like, they're saying if, like, Nada doesn't make team, he has a chance to make, but he's not a good blocker. He's a really good receiver, though. Um, Will Harris had a, actually a PBU on Hawkinson today. Uh, Justin Coleman had a PBU. Amani already picked off Staff Day. Stafford didn't have a like his best day on Friday. He was really sharp on Thursday. Friday, just like kind of the offense in general was a little not as well as Thursday. It looks like Jack Fox is ahead of Sip. Is it Sipas, Tyler? Aaron Sipas, yep. Aaron Sipas, yeah. Uh, seems like whenever Sipas is holding, Prater is missing his field goal for some reason. That, that's kind of odd. That's not good. Uh, that's not good. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just the comfort level or something. I, I don't know what's with that. But uh, Jack Fox seems like he's slightly ahead, but they're both still competing. Let's go, Jack Fox. Duran Duran Harmon. Me and Malcolm talked about him the other day. He his name is getting. Uh, he had a PBU today. They said he had like some really good range apparently. So th- that's good to hear. Center fielder. Then, also, Julian Okwara, I believe, had his best day of the week on Friday, which is good to see. Showed some speed off. That was from uh, Nick Bumgardner from the Athletic. And that's about it, guys. Do you have anything to add? Nope. You covered everything. You, 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 you said Amari Wari had a pick today? Yeah, he I picked off Stafford. That. Yep. There you go. Yeah, Stafford was not sharp today. I mean, like he was like yesterday. He was like perfect. Today was his worst day. But that's all right, man. It's camp. It happens. Yeah, I mean that's good for the second. I mean the secondary. We have a good secondary, and I knew that pre-draft. I knew right. that pre-draft. I knew I'm, we have a good secondary. I, I, I feel comfortable with our guys. And, I mean, it doesn't really shock me. I mean, we have talent back there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, like, the offense is, like, I think it's stacked. What's just concerning is still the front seven, but we'll yeah, see the what they offense do with that. Is the, least of, the offense is the least of my concern, concerns. I think we have a really good offense, and I'm not really worried about that. It's that front four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric Slit actually said today, I want to add one more thing. Eric Slit said today, like, they can't really get specific, like, what formations they were running, but they, they were doing some different things today on defense. So I'm guessing maybe they were blitzing or playing guys in different positions. I don't know. He did say they're moving Collins all the way around. Uh, Christian Jones played a little at Jack. I did ask him if he think he'll like be like the starter Jack. He said like no. He said like they're gonna rotate guys in and out. So shout out to Eric. Shout out to all the B writers, man. We appreciate it. They provide us with this content, honestly. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I actually heard that almost all the linebackers took snaps at, at Jack. I heard Jared Davis yeah, took Davis some snaps too. at Jack. Um, you know, all uh, Jamie Collins. So that, that's the thing, man. I just want to see how they're gonna do things, man. Right. Yep. And we have to wait till week one. So. Yep. We gotta wait till week <laughs> the one. The games actually matter. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping that these training camp videos, um, episodes was gonna show us more, but nope. you know, it's it's very vanilla. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know what's actually crazy? This is like not with the lines, but uh, the the Packers GM said he's not allowing report their reporters to say anything because like. What he's doing is he has, like, a staff of people where they're looking at, like, other what beat writers say and stuff, and they're getting intel like that because there's no tape. I thought that was interesting. 
I think that's. I mean, I don't think that really means anything. I mean, that means absolutely nothing. Because what you run in training camp, you're ninety nine percent of the chance <laughs> probably not running week one. No, like he was talking like about players. Like this player, like impresses. Like he's like normally like teams like hide their players. I don't know. That doesn't even really matter at that point. You're versus your own. I, I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> like I mean, when, when like when they get mad at you recording at training camp, I think it's the most stupid thing ever. Like, who? What stops the Packers sending a scout to Allen Park if it really mattered? I, I think they do. I think teams do that. To be honest, I think teams will send like a scout. But just, like, it doesn't a matter. Or something like, it doesn't. And mean, just watch. They don't even run that stuff in regular season games usually. Yeah, they save most of their uh, their place. Or like, a, if a guy has a good day, I mean, what what does that mean? <laughs> like, well, I don't know what intel that gives you. All right. Uh, all right. I guess that's it. Yeah, that's a wrap, guys. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Pride Podcast yeah, of us breaking down week one of training camp and. Seems fun, man. It's you know we're back getting into football vibes. It's it's great, man. I'm excited, man. Um, a lot more optimistic now, so that's good. So let's get football on going, man. I'm excited, and let's go Lions. All right, guys. Peace. <laughs> All right, y'all. Make sure to wait, subscribe, and review on iTunes. I'm out. It's your boy Malcolm. Peace. are coming back and so are your chances of on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week so there is no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners Bet Online. Check out the odds, features, and even prop bets all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion Robert Horry. See what they had to say on what it would be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for your odds and up-to-date news on sports. Remember, use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.